I think helped with 9-11, aside from maybe someone like yourself with the situation, yours is independent, you know what I mean? Whereas ours was a huge amount of people. Right. I mean, it yeah, was, yeah. Like, that itself was surreal. You know what I mean? You hear these god-awful stories, you know? And when I hear people losing people, like watching my husband and myself, because I was close to my in-laws dying this long death. It's like, oh, man, that's... God. It's just yeah. different, though. It's just a very, it's, it's, it's like you said, it changes you. It just, you can't help it. It changes you forever. Your personality in a certain way is different. You look at things differently. And I hate to say this, but in some respects, it's good. I mean, 9-11, as much as it destroyed me, in so many ways, it made me a very strong individual, too. You know, so, and I'm sure you can see that, too, you know. Um, I know I learned things about my personality that, you know, always thought of myself as a strong person, but... You really don't know until you put the test on certain things, right? And uh, 100%. Crazy. It's just crazy. She looks like a watercolor, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? She looks like a watercolor because like, <laughs> it's, like it's not that. just the audio, but it's like the it's the which, you know, we don't need the um, the video so much, but it's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, uh, wow, the best I can do. Is that better? It, yeah. It, it, yeah. You step on that power strip. Don't step on the power strip. I was gonna have a little fun. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> ruin everything. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. So this is O'Malley. O'Malley is my partner in crime. Yeah. And um let's see, how would we describe she O'Malley? So easily at that she knows that well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> She knows all my insanity, which I try to keep off the podcast, but it kind of <laughs> slips out and then I get weird messages from well, people. I hear you're a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a lot of fun. I, I slept on a battery last night because, well, that's a whole other issue. Uh, out of Bob? Yeah, I did. I switched out something and then I thought I put the, I thought I put them over here and I didn't know and I was like, <laughs> my shoulder hurts. I don't know why and I just rolled over in a different direction. Uh. Yep. Then you weren't at work. You could have claimed workers' comp. Then <laughs> <laughs> paid for this out. <laughs> no, no, no. That's saying that I'm an employer. <laughs> no, that's just giving the, ideas, Jen. Community. You can't give ideas. Yeah. So they tell Mally what you do. Yes, I, I want to hear about this because it's what I do. Oh my yes. God. I am an owner of urgent care centers in New Jersey and the Bronx. And my husband, I also own a territory, so we have to cultivate these types of urgent care centers throughout New Jersey, a piece of Pennsylvania, um, and that's what we do. And we've owned independent ones in the Bronx. So um, it once was a very exciting business. Now it's just crazy. And honestly, it's crazy. It owns us. Yes, oh, yeah. I bet. 
But I'll be honest, the worst day of being my own owner of something beats the best day of working for somebody. So I really can't complain. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, you know? definitely agree with that. Everything so, comes with something, right? How have you been dealing with the um, coronavirus? Yeah. yeah, that's the first the thing. Well, you know, it's so fluid. It changes constantly. So um, and even the, the fears change from day to day. I'm, I'm sure you've heard now that it's hitting younger generations. People dealing with blood clots, people dealing with all different ailments and people that have never dealt with any kind of ailment before, you know, been in great shape. And um, yet, you know, they're getting respiratory issues. They're landing themselves in the hospital on respirators. So, and then on, you know, a good note, I'll be honest with you, we're not getting that many calls anymore. We're not getting. You oh, you know, see a flattening of the curve. Yeah, you do. I mean, I'm in the real time there and I see a big difference in the the fear aspect, the crazy fear aspect. Um, and let's be honest, like we all know, the news makes it that much worse, you know. Definitely. You know, and, and when they say fake news, it kind of is, you know, we're seeing statistics in real time behind the scenes and it's not always matching what the news is putting out. So um, it's concerning. It's, it's, it's just crazy. Do you think you get more information than the public gets? Um, that's a very good question because a lot of times we're questioning because listen, we say we're not going to listen to the news, but we do listen to the news. And then we get something disturbing. Like I'm like everybody else. I turn the news off after a while. Um, I follow what my medical director tells me, who's not an alarmist. He, I feel he's very straightforward. Um, like even tonight when he was dealing with me, he said, listen, I would tell you the hospital if I thought she needed CAT scan, you know, not yet. Look for these things. Like he's very calming and he reads, and you know, constantly and he's constantly getting updates. And um, I don't feel we get facts more so on the on back end. I just think that we know what those facts are. Right. You know how to read between the lines. Yeah. And the media is only doing sensationalism. They're not doing the raw facts, you know. They're doing it right. just enough or they're putting a spin on it. Do you think people would be more relaxed if they knew just the facts and nothing else? Didn't have anybody else's opinion on it? Yeah, or do you think, think they'd be people, more worried? Yes, I do. I think people should rely on clinical people that they respect, that they have. Most people have that clinical person that they've gone to, their go-to person for um, medical facts, especially when it's scary like this. And especially if you have people in your life and you don't have to be like me and own an urgent care, there's somebody either in the family or someone who has clinical experience, um, not that plays one on TV, you know, knows a little. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Peter Burns. We all got one of those too. But um, someone clinical that you feel isn't an alarmist and just tells you the facts. And then- Are you guys allowed to have a Q&A like- uh, hotline setup, like if, like, because I, I never even asked you if you had that, but does AFC have a hotline setup that if people wanted to call and just ask questions to that they could just call up and they like maybe one of your anytime our regular hours we encourage people to call time and even on our website will tell you to do that. Um, you don't necessarily need to do a, a telemed visit. Mm -hmm. um, during if you call in about a telemed visit, we'll let you know that, you know, we think you're OK. Maybe just stay home and quarantine for a while and then call us in two days. You know, that was more in the beginning when people were really going crazy. Now people are a little more educated. They're calmer when they call. They're more collective. They, they ask very specific questions or 
you know, some of them will, I'll be honest, lie to you and tell you they have a fever of this or they don't have a fever. Depending on what their motivation is, they curb what they say to you. So, but you know what? If they're training and doing this day in and day out, you start to know what to look for. And that just like I'm sure they do that with right? STDs too, right? I'm What's sure you that? get. I'm sure when you get like an STD patient, it's the same thing, right? Oh well, STD patients are very interesting. Watch out for those husbands. They are constantly asking to not. They want to pay in cash. You start to feel a little, you know, excited. Wow, this is a little different. You don't want to pay, you know, through your insurance. <laughs> so we have a little fun that way. But. Um, yeah, no, they can pay. It can pay. I, I really, really, really want to take a left turn and go down. Go, take that left, Amelie. <laughs> what go. is that like? And what is, I mean, what happens with that? Drip. What, yeah. What'd oh. you say? We call them the drip drip. <laughs> Do you give them to the doctor that you like the least? Like, oh, who is this? We got a drip drip. Give it to room four. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. We would totally do that. So, send them over, send so, them over to this site. So a mate, a spouse, somebody who thinks that they're being diligent by looking at medical records or claims or what have you might not be catching everything. You got it. Because, We've had wives. We've had wives right. that have called and questioned a visit. Oh, that's okay, yeah. You can't. But just so you know, HIPAA, HIPAA. protects you. Yes. HIPAA, HIPAA protects you, though. Yes. So you, you want to have fun on April Fool's, just come in for an STD test. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and have a positive result sent to you in the mail. <laughs> Fresh. Fresh, not nice. That would be the best one. We should do that to large one days. You should do that next year. You should should just (laughs) offer it next year, like a positive, but then the line says just positive for being, you know, whatever, a smart ass or something. You know, you would do that too. I would. I I, I I know you feeling. Remember last year? No. The best April Fool's Day I had was putting the. Oh my God! Yes, icing all over the toilets. Mom, poor mom was in there for a half hour. Tell tell Amelia what you did last year to your poor kids. All right, it was the best April Fools. If you really want, if your kids aren't listening to this, you gotta you gotta pull this over. It it even pulled my sister. She was she comes. I was disgusted. (laughs) I was disgusted. All right. So what happened was I quickly when everyone's in bed, I put you know milk chocolate icing. I threw it. I was having fun, actually. I threw a spoonful of it, and it hit the back of the toilet and sprayed. Sprayed. It was disgusting. And then on the floor, I had a dab, and on the sink, I had a dab, and on the toilet bowl, and the toilet paper ring. So just to give you a quick sound, everybody went through. My son's like, I didn't do that. My daughter, oh, it's April Fool's. That's something else. We get to my mother. I forget about it. I totally massacred her bathroom comes out my sister oh God, no you gotta bleep that out there's Annie. no way no <laughs> you're gonna have to have bleep that out okay no andy comes out and she says to me oh my god i don't know which one of the six but somebody can i say shit you can say whatever you want <laughs> And now she's spending an hour in there cleaning it up with bleach. I'm like, oh my God. One of ours, I said, Jen, one of our six kids completely destroyed mom's bathroom. We can we can't do this. But we got, you know, at the same time, we have to know which kid did this. Like we can't leave this like this, but mom can't know. And it was she, the best. <laughs> it was ever I was and my kids are like, well, you know, Mick is like, 
oh my god mom i would never and bridget's like yeah bridget's like there was a that wasn't me and you know finn's like you gotta try you gotta try (laughs) someone that has not heard this but But that's not the first time you've done that you did that to joseph once i like probably to your son in the hotel when you guys were in the hotel same day that was uh that was the year i think it was two years ago april fools was on easter so it was a twisted, uh, twisted humor. <laughs> I should do that for twisted history. What are the worst, the, tw- the most twisted thing you've ever done to your kid? To you know, psychological warfare. Me, you know, that would trump it. Oh my god, that would be a guy. I didn't even think of that. I'm, I'm going to do that. For, so don't say anything to Joe. I'm going to do it next year. Well, I guess yeah, we could, so we could I put that out. I think that people are crazy today, and I think I think businesses need to start opening. I think we need to go back to life as the new, and just wear our PPEs. And you know, small business owners should add someone to the staff, and no one's allowed in unless they have their proper equipment on. Mm-hmm. You know, is that? Have you gotten any? Um, have you gotten anybody where when they do come in and they don't have the mask on, that you have to ask them to leave where they've become unruly or irate? Well, we don't let anybody in one without taking their temperature. Their temperature has to be taken. And if they're elevated beyond a certain point, they have to go home. They have to do a telemed visit. Um, really, unless someone is coming in or calls ahead that they have a broken arm or you know they need an x-ray or something specific, non-COVID related, then we don't see them. And when someone is COVID related, I noticed when I came by the other day that there were tents outside. Right now we have a pod actually. And yes, so if you want testing, by the way, tomorrow we start anti-antibody, I'm sorry, antibody testing. Um, And we're doing that in our Hillsdale location. And, you know, everybody's excited about that. And it is great. However, one, I always worry, and I always worry about this, is the um, false negatives, false positives. I mean, you just, in my opinion, the most important thing that the public should do is just always be wearing your protection. And that's the only way you're going to keep yourself safe and everybody else safe. Behave like you have it. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're so bad, then, you know, you shouldn't be out anyway. And if you're that bad, like where it's catastrophic, you're going to be in the hospital anyway, because you're not going to be able to breathe. You know, right. if you're going to have to go to the hospital, it's going to be because you can't breathe or you're starting to see the signs of not being able to breathe. Like any shortness of breath at all. Like, you know, your son, he has asthma. You have to watch. I mean, right. he's young and he has asthma. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's boyfriend, the same thing. So he has to be very careful. Like certain people with pre-existing conditions should be very careful. Um, so now how are you juggling between having kids and going to work? Because you're exposed to the COVID all the time. Well, possibly. I don't go the to the office. That's the key. I just stay away. But even um, your husband, he works there. So how do you yeah. manage? How do you juggle the two? The only way, the only way he could go in, honestly, we're fortunate enough where we have a backdoor entrance. So my right. husband, his name is Joe. He never needs to go on the clinical floor. If for some reason he should need to go on the clinical floor, which is unlikely because he's not clinical at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like let's say there's an emergency or something. He has his gear in his office. So like a hazmat suit. <laughs> yes, he has the mask, the gloves, the apron, everything. You could role play with that. He could be Darth he Vader. Here we go again. Oh, here we go again. Oh, That'd be more than him. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> 
O'Malley, you had a question. Do you have people that go from the clinical side back into your uh, like executive offices? No. Where okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. So that's a lot of the the issues is with yep. the cross um, contamination. Obviously, you're exactly. you you own the businesses, but you're not treating. Right. So, which is you know. So as a result, I don't go to my Hillsdale location for that reason, because Hillsdale, the way it's designed, every part of it is the clinical floor. So the waiting room, you know, it goes right into the clinical floor once you enter it through the door. Whereas my Paramus location, the whole basement is the administrative. So you literally have to come off the clinical floor, go down a hallway, reach the basement stairs and go down. It wouldn't go that far. So now give everybody a, an idea of where all your offices are. You have one in Paramus, New Jersey, one in Hillsdale, New Jersey. Where are the other? Um, Bronx, 149th, and um, Kingsbridge are my two Bronx locations. And then I have franchisees throughout Central and South Jersey. So anywhere from Florham Park to a so little west. And then you have um, all the way down to Ocean County, like... Um, West Long Branch, we have one. Oh, okay. uh, Lynnhurst, we have one. Anywhere from Long Branch up, so we have a total of thirteen. Excellent. In Jersey, and then the two in the. Bus. And it's it's just AFC Urgent Care. Yes, AFC like uh, American Family Care. Cool. What has been your worst or the the most impacted location, and like what happened there? You don't have to share the actual location, but like what has happened there, and then. For the um, coronavirus, you mean? Right. Um, well, it's very interesting, actually, because Hillsdale, I opened up Hillsdale second, and Hillsdale stole, which we anticipated, a lot of business from Paramus. You know, it's a newer building. It's, um, you know, it's sexier than the Paramus location, if you will. But the one good thing that I liked about the distance between was the staff was all the same. So my, my patients who I see customers, obviously they saw the same faces repeatedly. So that ended up lending the two, but what was ironic was Hillsdale started taking off. Right. And then Paramus's numbers dropped considerably. So it just means reinventing, going out, doing different type of marketing, so on and so forth. Over time, Ahmed, workers' comp, and all of those types of patients started to predominantly work through Paramus. So Paramus's numbers started stabilizing again, but with different types of patients. Hillsdale became our sick, for whatever reason, no rhyme or reason, it just happened that way. They became our sick visit um, location. As what was interesting is when COVID hit, Hillsdale numbers plummeted and Paramus numbers boosted. And the weird thing about my business is you have no idea why, you know, like you could go a day where you're in just crazy busy. And then another day where you're dead, you swear a memo went out or something. It's just really weird. Maybe Hillsdale is more uh, family oriented because I know even with my kids, when they get a cold or something now, whereas I would be like, so will not, it's like almost over eager to take them to Zach because I don't want them to get anything. I'm like, right. you know what? Let's see how it plays out. So the families are staying home where the people who get drug tested for work or um, they need physicals for work, they're the ones being exposed. So they're coming to where they know and feel most safe. And if work feels like they might have been exposed, then they have to go through almost like a worker's comp to actually get tested because you can't sneeze wrong at your right. work and not and, and use your own personal insurance. Even if it's through work, you have to use yeah. work comp. So 
You're yeah, right. That that's makes a really sense. good point. Okay. And I think that, I mean, just to put it simplistic, that's what it is. It's got to be what it is. You know, Paramus has been around a lot longer, probably about eight plus years longer than Hillsdale. So, you know, it's also just knowing the spot, going to it. And like, yes, we've had years of building the business, the Ackman side of it. So um, that has a lot to do with it. You thinking about opening any more locations? Yes, actually, we're right away. We're, we're thinking about moving the Paramus location. It looks like we bought a building in Ordo. So I didn't even get a chance to tell you that yet. But nice. Congratulations. There's opening that's happening. Thank you. And yeah, we have a few more opening up, about two or three. So um, it's exciting. We just opened one in Kearney, and that's doing really well. Um, the guys over there have got to be really excited. It, it, there's no one in that location. So, you know, this is a great business for people um, that want to get into their own business, but have the backing of, um, you know, an, uh, what do you call it, a parent company, so that you don't have to do everything on your own. Right, right. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I was going to... It gonna... plays well for a mom, to be honest with you. <laughs> Say that again? It plays well for a mom because, yes, you have to have a lot of energy, but we do anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. From what I hear, no matter what age they are. So, um, you know, I... Although, you know, there's times I'm stressed out and everything. I Like I said before, I wouldn't trade the worst day with the, owning my own business with the best day of working for somebody. I truly mean that. Right. The um, business aspect of this, I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously prior to COVID, um, a lot of people don't um, know that they can actually go into a business of something that they um, enjoy or, you know, what have you, but like they don't need to necessarily be the one providing the services. Like you're not a nurse, you're not a doctor. I mean, there are other businesses that have nothing to do with medical that people can own and then hire staff to do it. So how did this come about for you? How did you get into the, well, I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor, but. Right. So he went and did that. He was, we were, we know each other from college. He was always the better one with research. So I said, go, you know, just research what it is that you think you really like. And then I'll go to the, the last three, you know, we'll pick three, the top three, I should say. And this was one of them. And when I went to this one, I fell in love with the concept because um, I really felt, I just felt like you never walked into a doctor's office anymore and felt that human contact, you know, where they look at you in your eyes and actually talk to you. You're not a number. You're, you know, it turns eight o'clock. It's five to eight. They're closing their doors. You've got a kid you're standing outside with that. You just want to know that they can go home. They don't have to go spend six hours in the emergency room, which had just happened to us before this. So I was like, you know, I, I like this. And I love the discovery day. We flew out. I, so that I, to meet the corporate headquarters at the time, they're different people now. And I loved Discovery Day, just meeting the people that were in the room with us were all people like us, business people with entrepreneurial mindsets, all from a, collectively from different backgrounds. I had HR under me for 12 years. Somebody else had hospitality, you know, hotel, restaurant, management, right. um, stockbrokers, you name it. We all were vastly different. And yet we all had very similar mindset to how this could really work. The mindset was getting doctors who have finally realized they are not business people. Yep. And that's okay. Yes. yes. Drop the ego. Don't worry about it. You can partner with somebody that, you know, isn't about egos either. Just wants to get a business to thrive. 
and the patient wins because they get a solid business to show up to that they can rely on. There's going to be supplies. There's going to be backing. There's going to be support. And they get this way. The doctor can focus on the clinical side and not try to do both. Anyway, make a long story short, it was a no brainer for me. However, I'm always thinking, okay, what if, what if I kept trying to find holes? I kept finding this, that, and the other. We went home and slept on it. And I said, we, we have to buy the territory too. My husband was like, what? <laughs> no, that's a lot of, you're talking about our nest egg. Yeah. And I had literally saved from college. You know, I was like, well, what else am I going to save this one? I've been sitting on it forever, you know, doing all the right things all these years. Um, I want to do it. Try looking at FBA loans, look into whatever you got to do, because I want to do this. But I only want to do it if we do the centers and we buy. I want the whole deal. I want the whole territory. So I'm more of a risk taker than my husband. He was nervous about it. But I tell you, as I sit here, it was the best decision and best risk I ever took because owning the master has really helped us through cultivating this business, developing it, building the knowledge, allowed us to um, have the lifestyle we needed to do this. So I would encourage anyone that's thinking about going into a business to think like about the whole picture. Think about the one thing that was said to me that I really hold true is you want to use other people's money to build the business. And I mean banks. If any loans you can get, any grants you get. So anybody that's down and out right now, they should be thinking of ways if they've had any idea of starting up a business. It sounds crazy, but this is the time to do it. This is the time. Find what the need is and yeah. dive in. Absolutely. It really is. And I like the the ego um, factor that you're talking about, because there are people who want to do something like open a bakery because they can bake really, really well, but they can't manage their own exactly. business. They cannot do it. And then it fails and they don't understand why when they were told you had the best whatever's in town, exactly. but they couldn't, That's your you know, skill, sir. right. They <laughs> couldn't, they couldn't do anything business, you know, to, to save their life, but they could bake their, their ass off. And it just yep. doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything if you can't keep the doors open. And honestly, what you're saying is to respect those positions too. Like the partners that go into it should equally respect the other person's skill and what they bring to the table and therefore stay out of the, people always ask my husband and I, because we share an office for the longest time. Wait a minute, you guys are in the same office? The whole time your wife's here, she's in the office with you? And how do you make that work? People have known us years, didn't even know that. And the key is that we never, he has the development side and I have the operations side. And whenever he would creep over to my side, remember, we want to go home happy, happy wife, happy life. You stay over there. And, you know, we have a joke about it, but he is better at that. He's better at, like I told you, research and everything. I'm better at people and, and managing people. And you have, but whether it's two friends getting together or to, you have to respect the other person's job. I, I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. You do, you do. And if you can, if you can really know your place, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Like and take then, faith in that you you got with them because they're good at what they do. So let them do what they're good at doing. And they should feel the same way about you. You know, like it doesn't mean you can't talk about things, but like don't take over. Right. Tell them that, you know, you really should put more vanilla in that, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like the stupid little things, you know. <laughs> 
Well, I so always now, think a little bit more vanilla is always key. <laughs> you cooked it a little too long. But, you know, only pure extract. <laughs> That's exactly. so funny. Whereas my answer is vodka. I just say, put, uh, you know. That's good, too. I like my jello shot. That's what, Yes, she does. <laughs> actually, stronger. That is so funny. See, we're similar. We're a lot alike, and we're very we're very different. It depends yeah. on what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Amanda wanted to put Pink Whitney, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a straight shot, honey. We don't. But we use the other vodka for the jelly. See, and I, yeah, you guys see, it's a straight shot, and I'm like, oh, when I tried it, I put it like with ginger ale, and I put it with everything else, and everyone's like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, do you you do it's understand that, that? But it's it's very it's very nice to drink, but you if you drink a lot of it very quickly you will find yourself on the floor and, I mean, the, and the amount of why there's a random battery underneath your shoulder well yeah that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know i got up this morning and was like yep i was right <laughs> whatever it's a holiday usually just whiskey Wow, whiskey, just whiskey. Yeah, I love you. I'm not a big drink. I'm weird. I'm like I, I can take it or leave it, but whiskey is like um, I can drink it and I wake up the next day usually feeling better. Really, it's a very weird thing for me. I don't know why. Like it's very odd. (laughs) Hair on your chest. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so that would definitely put hair on my chest. No, just I've tried it. I can't. I can't do it. That I can't fun. do brown either. I'm not a brown drinker, and we don't. We don't allow my husband to have it, so it's just. Well, I mean, the last time. Well, I don't know if it was the last time, but one of the last times he had it, he ended up with his pants down around his ankles and a bucket on his head. Was no. it? Oh no, he does that silver. Well, that's true. That's true. That's he true. does do that sober. He does. Yeah. Not at the same time, he moons you from the top. Yeah, but that was at the uh, that was at the nightclub. We went to bounce with Willie yeah. and a bunch of guys from oh, Barstool, and I'm sitting there and I'm videotaping, and Willie's like, "Get this on tape. We're having fun. I'm just kind of video everybody have a ball." All of a sudden, my husband just walks by. His pants are down. His so Willie's like, "No, no, no, not here, man." <laughs> I didn't say show you, Willie. <laughs> Yeah, we have to keep him in check sometimes. I'm like, you know, I looked, he's like, oh my God, did I do that in front of everybody? I'm like, mm-hmm. it really is Willie's fault. He knew not to give you brown and he did anyway. He wanted to see what happened. So, you know, he found out, he found out really quick. Yeah. And then from that moment on, the camera went away. I was like, nope, no more, no more pictures. No more pictures. Yeah. Not tonight. I keep wanting to ask Willie why he doesn't drop the IE on his name. Uh, I don't think he has a choice. I think he goes by way. I think he introduces himself as Will Colum. And then I think it goes, like, like if you look at his social Maybe media. Maybe that last name in there. It's just not. Yeah. Well, I think when you go on, on social media, I think it is Will Colum. I think it's just everybody calls him Willie. He's <laughs> <laughs> gigantic man, Willie. <laughs> it suits him. And then you got your, your friend from high school who's like 5'7". He's like, oh, no, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not Billy anymore. I'm Bill. You know what I'm saying? It's like oh, I thought you were talking to me. I'm like, wait, I don't know anybody who's who's five foot seven named Bill. Oh, that's hysterical. Yeah, they get they get very um. I'm Bill. No, I'm yeah. not Billy anymore. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. interesting because well, you know how they sh- they tape the show now, but uh, today's 
episode of <laughs> the radio, um, they were talking about how he had been big timed by certain people. What does that mean? He had Willie had been big timed by different um, other famous people in his life and where he had met them and then they had been nice. And then they, he's the same person saw him an hour later and was like, you need to get, you know, Oh, excuse me, get out of my way. Like as if he was like a bouncer and Willie was like, Oh, okay. All right. No, I got you. I got your number. And then, yeah. And then and he Willie's said, like one of the most honest people. Like he, I know. what you see is what you get. When you see yep. him at four o'clock on a work day and he's busy and he's in throes of doing radio and stuff. And that charm that you get is the same exact guy you get at a nine-year-old birthday party sitting at your living room table. He's never, and if he's in a bad mood, he's in a bad mood anyway. Like you don't, you don't, I don't think there's a fake side of Willie. Yeah. No, I really don't. Yeah. So for someone to do that to him is he, kind of... Uh, to anybody. Who to do it to anybody, but he's just so real all the time. And I, I get yeah. when people are moody. I'm married to you someone who's moody. To them and see what's <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's I thought her husband was big. And then when I was in a room with both those guys... Oh, yeah. Just like, you know... Crazy. I know. Crazy. Yeah. They take up three quarters of the room. <laughs> no, he's a cute guy, and his wife's a cutie too. Oh, I know she's so tiny. She's so tiny. She's so tiny, but she's so much bigger than him. You know what I mean? Like you. you're so tiny too. Who me? Yes. Yeah. Oh, compared to Mike? Oh yeah. In general, you're a small person, and then you got this big guy. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess I control him to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> be careful. He's probably listening. Oh, he listens to everything. Yeah, he does. I didn't tell him that Jen was coming on today because he would have been like, well, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to oh, say? Oh, really? What, you know, all of a sudden. I just found out. That's why I, I had to pull him in because I am out of my whole thing. My sister's so opposite of me. The one thing she's so good at is technology since she was like born. And O'Malley would I disagree with you. My kids make fun of me. No, I'm worse than you by far. I am terrible. And that's why I wrote you the text. It's not on my end. <laughs> that's why I, you hadn't set the Zoom invite yet. I didn't want her to think that I just couldn't simply get on Zoom. That I oh, yeah, no. I had, uh, <laughs> she had told me she was driving over and I was like, okay, well, let me know when you get over. I think it was... 632 or something when I sent it. So, so funny. yeah. All right. So one thing we do on our podcast to everybody that comes on when they're kind enough to give us their time is we ask them, go ahead, O'Malley. I'll let you ask it today. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. If you want, um, <laughs> we ask everyone if they could go back in time, anything, it could be historical. It could be personal. It could be just whatever. If you could see 15 minutes of time, you can't change what happened. You're only going to know what happened for the facts and, and see it for really what happened. Um, and we did have an alteration, I believe, with Slain. Slain, yeah. He, gave us, he, he asked us. He, he asked <laughs> us. He did ask us if he could split up his time. So we, we did allow that. So if it's shorter, if you only want to see like, two or three different things, but they're, uh, you know, short amount of times, but we just want to know when the time would begin, what you're looking to see, you know, what you're looking to experience and, you know, like when your time would end. So um, a past event, history or personal mm -hmm. that it couldn't change anything. Nope. Right. 
but I would just want to know, have a 15 minute jump on knowing what was going to happen. You could see for like, for example, I, I said the grassy knoll. I would want to see like the 15 minutes from the moment that, that Kennedy goes back into the left, I would want to see that moment plus the 15 minutes beforehand. So I could see who would like what the babushka right. lady was you doing 13 minutes ago. Out in the crowd or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get basically you get to see something in time and you can walk around, you can look at anybody's face. And if a bullet goes, it goes through you. Like there's no, it, you don't change history. It's just you seeing it for real. And O'Malley had the great, a greatest one. Hers was OJ. Like with uh-huh. Nicole Brown system. And the, the I was Simpson. obsessed with the OJ Simpson. I yeah. was fired because of that. Well, I want to hear about that. (laughs) Yeah, I did because I really wanted to be a lawyer and I just was obsessed. I didn't realize back then, but I want to be a litigator. And um, then I worked for a lawyer and it just was horrible, horrible situation. And it just deterred me from going that field. But when that happened, I remember exactly as the rest of us do where we were. I was in this bar having a great time with there had to be 20 sports screens going on at the same time. And all of a sudden you see the Bronco, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like that one. That's a really good one to know what the hell was going on 15 minutes before he got in that car and like what was crazy going on. Um, but yeah, I, I actually called in sick every day for like the one where I'd go to work and then I'd call out because I couldn't stand that I couldn't watch the video. I wanted to watch the video the entire time. It was terrible. It was crazy. And I you had a Judge to- Ito obsession. <laughs> oh yeah. I did you read the book? Did you read the no. book about the whole thing? It's 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 crazy what comes out. You have to read it. Now that I hear there's several books, but he was like, he ends up being like, like, a was it him? Oh no, it was the, the Marsha, right? Was that her name? Yeah, Marsha Clark. Marsha Clark. Like she ended up like having a thing with Darden. Was it Christopher Darden? Like, didn't they have like a little fling? Not a romance. They were actually, um, they were, I don't want to say enemies, but they were enemies. Oh, I thought they, they had an affair. Who had an affair with each other? I didn't, I don't Wasn't know there like a big, oh, I got to look at, I got to oh, look I don't it up. Know yeah, you have to that. let me know about that. I don't know about the affair. But I would, I mean, for my whole life to this day, I lose sleep over 9-11. So for me, it would be the 15 minutes before those fuckers got on the plane out in Boston. I, I would want to know who the hell let them through. I would want to see what the security people were doing, what they weren't doing to allow the guys that were on FBI watch just to come through. No, no disguises, nothing. It haunts me at night. And, and I mean, I wish I could separate mine too. I do the seven and a half, seven and a half, because, and honestly, and, and forgive me, but I, who the, the guy, the department, who is the actual department? Oh, Cato, Cato Kalen? Cato Kalen, that would be receiving information, right? About heads up, these guys are getting off my, what the hell were they doing? People were asleep at the wheel or were, were they notified? And now they're just waiting to see what happens. I mean, you know, you hear so many conspiracy theories and everything, and I don't like to think of conspiracy theories, but I got to be honest with you. I would truly love to be a fly or have some listening device or like you're saying as to what was going on, but more than anything with security, who's watching those guys come in? And well, there was a guy in Canada, wasn't there? Like the guys... The two guys that flew the plane into the first tower, the one dad was in, yes. they came from Canada, I believe. But they had I, reached Boston, I think. So, right? so what I had heard, I was watching something, you know how I was with the Nylon stuff too. And there was a guy who worked, who, who, um, Wait, he was Portland, t- Maine, I think they came from. 
Wasn't it? Wherever they came through first, I believe they okay. came through Canada okay. and he stopped them when they were buying their tickets and um, he, he profiled them and he called and he called security and he, and then he was like, you know what I'm doing to them what I don't like having done to me and I shouldn't. And so he felt I'm guilty profiling. that he was, he was profiling them, but something about them struck him off and he actually made a complaint about it and it, when he saw that later on that it was the same two guys that he profiled 12 hours earlier or whatever, he was sick to his stomach. I mean, but how does that happen? That, how does that happen? He felt guilty profiling somebody. So I don't think he ever actually made the phone call, but he was actually doing his job, but then he felt like, Oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble for profile. I don't know if I'm, if I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering it from Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, watching it on TV, but I think that, I think that's what happened. But profiling, I don't know how you different. guys feel about it, but um, that's a whole nother conversation, right? Uh, whether it should be allowed or shouldn't be allowed. That's well, it's great. say that's something, great. say something. Why does it have to be profiling? I saw something exactly. that struck me as off. I know people that do stuff that I, that I adore and I'm always, like my son today, yeah. he decided he was going to get a little sneaky and got caught doing something, but he could be a little shit and I love him more than anything. But there's, you know, when someone's behavior is off, that's not me saying, oh, I, you know, think you're perfect because you're mine and you look just like me. That's me noticing that someone's behavior is off right. and being like, what the hell? Right. Like, yeah. not going to fly. That's a great yours. point. Where does profiling stop and say, see something, say something begin? When it's really common sense. I think. Good point. What, think about that for a second. You're telling us to tell, to, you know, report something but now wait you got to be careful make sure it doesn't fit this type of person this type of person this type of person it's crazy and and then look we have a situation like that somebody who has years of experience Mm -hmm. that can't make you know an educated whatever i want to say right a decision at that time it seems like it feels like up until that time with airlines you know i was in i uh I'm from California. So I was in California and I was always flying out to my father, wherever he lived. So it would either be Northern California or Ohio or Arizona. And up until nine 11, I mean, we were still, people were still walking you to your gate. I mean, do you remember Harry met Sally? Like there's scenes of like her and him. They're taking them to the gate. Like that is just unheard of now. Like that just doesn't happen now at all. And the, the bigger issue we were always kind of taught was they were making sure that nobody with like an unpaid ticket you know, wouldn't get yeah, all about the money. Mm-hmm. Right. It was, it was more that way. And obviously they had other security issues, but this was so, so much bigger than anything. And it, yep. and it was just, it, it, you know, obviously catastrophic, but it was done in such a, a bigger way than anything had ever been done before. And in, and in a different way that, you know, security was just, I mean, they ran their bags through. They weren't packing much to have anything that was going to. Well, look, they did know. it with box cutters, for Christ's sake. Right. I mean, if Which, we would have known that 15 minutes earlier, like, just dump them. All they have is box cutters. You right, know? exactly. Yeah, they don't they have, have any. lives, you know. It's, you no, really I, think about it. That's crazy, right? They did that all. All of those planes, box cutters. That's just crazy. But anyway, so that would be my, um, you know, the thing that haunts me. 
Yeah, I get that. I would understand that. That would be, that would. That yeah. might be too hard for me because I think I would be enraged that I couldn't stop it. Like that moment where, like, if I'm watching what happened with the JFK situation or if I'm watching with the OJ thing, as much as I would want to stop it, it's I'm not emotionally invested in it. Whereas with 9-11, I think I would be like, it would like. I think that I, would. If yeah. I saw a loophole, if I saw somebody, just because, you know, somebody bent down to pick up something, someone slid behind them, like I, I would be yeah. screaming behind them or I would be mm-hmm. screaming at dad, you know, just because I'm not there, leave. Like you yeah. leave every day at 830. Not because I'm not here, you're not going to leave at 830. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I think I would be so, um, I'd be playing it over in my head so much that it was something simple. Yeah. You know, so I don't think I'd, I don't think I would want to know, I think is my point. Like yeah. there's things that I don't want to know. Like I'm better off not knowing. Well, it's like, funny when you first said to me, O'Malley, that you can't change it though. You can watch it. So you yeah. can be memorializing the moment, but you can't say, hey, watch out. Yeah, that would drive me nuts. My reaction was say nothing then. If I can't change it. Or what um, if they said something about you? You know what I mean? Like what if they said something about m- me personally? Yeah. Like if, you know, if I had heard dad say, oh, uh, you know, oh no, I could say my daughter's not here. Oh, that would kill me. I know. Forget oh. it. Forget it. Forget it. I already, yeah, I already have enough guilt. Like that would, that right. would, that, I would lose my mind. I would absolutely lose my she mind. She was great under pressure though. She, she really was amazing. You Thank know. you. Uh, Usually it's the big sister that's supposed to help the little sister, but she was the strong one then. She was good. Thank you. There's something about having to be thrown into taking care of business. And immediately after something that really does change your look on everything. Oh, it's a great distraction. It is a great distraction. And my, my simple thing was just my father passing away, watching my sister lose it and having to go down and talk to the people in the hospital about what to do with him and what to do next. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit there and I was, you know, I couldn't cry. I couldn't do any, you know, like I had to just take it all in mm-hmm. and she's a puddle you know, next to me, like, it was just such a different situation. She remembers going, I couldn't have done that at that yeah. moment. Like I allowed, but I allowed her that moment. I was, you know, was able to give her her grief. And I think that's amazing. And I was also I do. alleviated from it <laughs> too, yeah. in a weird way, you know? So. Do you sometimes reflect on that and go, how the hell did I do that? Like, yeah, it was I that way sometimes. Like, how the hell did I make it through that time? You know, it's surreal. It's surreal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think for you, for you too, I think that would be much more difficult than. You know what I think helped with 9 11, aside from maybe someone like yourself with the situation, yours is independent. You know what I mean? Whereas ours was a huge amount of people. Right. I mean, it yeah, was, yeah. Right? that itself was surreal. You know what I mean? You hear these god awful stories, you know? And when I hear people losing people, like watching my husband and myself, because I was close to my in-laws dying this long death. It's like, oh, man, that's God. It's just yeah. different, though. It's just a very it's, it's, it's like you said, it changes you. It just you can't help it. it changes you forever. Your personality in a certain way is different. You look at things differently. And I hate to say this, but in some respects, it's good. I mean, 9-11, as much as it destroyed me in so many ways, it made me a very strong individual too, you know? So, and I'm sure you can see that too, you know? Um, I know I learned things about my personality that, you know, always thought of myself as a strong person, but you really don't know until you put the test on certain things, right? And- uh, 100%. Crazy, it's just crazy. 
one so would be my answer to your question. Would be that. Yeah, That's that a good would, one. That would be difficult, but I definitely. So if you had a fun thing, what would you want to do? I know that, you know, because you answered that so, so wonderfully, but I know, you know, let's, you know, maybe give ourselves a fun moment because all none right. of us, none of us have picked a fun one yet. But you I know, know that's true. We all, you know, like we all kind of got, but you know, there's all, downers. Like, and, and I'm not really great with pop culture. I'm really, really bad. So to me, I would think what was said in the huddle, what was said in the dugout, what was, what, what, were, what was true. I think you like the uniforms. I know, I know I'm like, she a, just likes the uniforms. But you know that there's times where there's like a performance, like a music oh, queen and, and, and uh, somebody like leans over and says something and the, the mic doesn't pick it up. You think, what did so-and-so say to so-and-so and it never yes. comes out? So like, those are the things that I'm kind of curious about. Like, do people- like a band that you have, like if you could see any band, like I would love to see Queen play live. Oh, that would be a good one. Yes. So you're saying whatever, if I went back in time and if there was something that I, I missed, I wanted to know what it, what the Yeah. Like, was. is there anything fun and like pop culture-y type thing, like, or sports related, something that you would have normally had access to anyway. Like I said, like the dugout or, you know, like them marching, you know, for me, like the mm. it's like what was said, you know, to overcome. It's going to be something know. Matt Dillon related. She loves Matt Dillon. Wow. Really? Well, it's funny she brings that up because there was a time <laughs> that I, I had one other one, but I'll tell this one instead. I am in love with Matt Dillon. Oh my God. I just think he is the best. I mean, if I ever found out some nasty shit about him, I'd be so upset He'd because be things do turn me off of people. But um, like Meryl Streep, she used to be my favorite actress. I can't stand her now because of so many political things. But, oh, but she did own it. She said she doesn't say anything anymore because she did. She realized that it ruined her career. I know. But, you know, and as much as I want to give her an OK for that, I just can't watch her anymore with the same. I don't turn her off like I do De Niro. De Niro's another one. Can't stand them because I just can't. But it's my personality. I just get turned off. But Matt Dillon, there was a time where um, Brett had his boat and we had a chance to go there. And I wanted to go so where? Uh, it was out on the Hudson. There was a bar that he was going to bring the boat up to. Oh, 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 the and village. I know I you're talking about. Yes, and I had Kim Austin with me. I don't know if she's listening, but um, we had to get back to Jersey. So I had, like an idiot, I had to tell him, <laughs> oh, I still have to go back, blah, blah, blah. And I found out that night that Matt Dillon was at that friggin' bar. Oh, my God, that is so funny. So, I mean. You had curfews? What's that? You had a curfew? I, no, I was going, I had a college friend in from school and we had plans all that night. Brett was only a part of it, you know, going on the boat and having a good time. You were using them? It would only be, I don't even know why you weren't there. You should have been there. But I um, probably was at the bar. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, I never had a curfew. How come you had to be home? Like, so what? That I missed that. And of course they love rubbing it in my face. But anyway, <laughs> um, wow. and the other chance, I had a chance to go behind stage at Motley Crue. With, oh, um, did you? Heather Lancaster, do you remember her? Yeah, and I remember that girl. I cast it up at the last minute. I was such a Who says no? I, well, I'm glad we know that now that I'm not I'm the nerd of this. Idiot. You were not the nerdy one. I was. I was definitely the nerdy one. So if I could go back in time, especially, especially believe it or not, sorry, Matt, but the Mot Motley Crew, 
I would have loved to have done that just for the fun of it, just to the bragging rights of it. Right. That's the one thing I regret. So I wish I could have redone that moment in time. Gone back to see what you were missing. Yeah, definitely. That was oh, pretty boy. great. He took all his clothes off. That, that is hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds oh like God. me when I talk about Darth Maul. <laughs> That's so fun. I don't really have that effect, affinity for any. Well, that's not true. I dig Tom Hardy. Oh, come on. And there's Tom Ford, Hardy. baby. Who? Ford. Don't Ford? say who. Don't Wait, who. what? I think that's his name, Ford. Who is that a celebrity that, if Mike only knew. Who? What Other than Tom he? Hardy? Oh, Hardy, that's it. Oh, no, that's oh, what I was saying. Oh, no. Yeah. I already have, I Mike already knows. No, 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 oh, Mike already knows. He's well aware. He's so, he's, he's got so, one whole pass. We know who that would be with. I just watched that movie. What a funny movie that is. Oh, my God. Whole pass was on the other night. We were. I love how that whole movie goes through. You know? Okay, I haven't seen it yet. I'm so you, sorry. Oh, come on. I'm sorry. Oh, it was on okay, late. Was it Saturday you night? You can't tell her a thing because that no. one incident is that one thing that we can't say. <laughs> the whole movie is just it's a it's a comedy of it's just a errors. After, a, comedy of errors. It's okay. just and it's just so funny. Hey, O'Malley, how have you not seen that? Have you seen you old have school to yet? See it. You have to see it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen old school because old school you have is to be like giddy when you're watching it. You can't. Yeah, because I old school is bring your. Uh, we're going uh, streaky streaking and the quad. Yes, bring your green. <laughs> yeah, bring your green hat, and then it's uh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Like the time doesn't he get like the. He is. That, that is just he's Frank the Tank. <laughs> is that when he gets that is a good movie too i gotta be honest that gets tranquilized movie. at one point right yes yes, yes. he falls into the, the, yeah. the mule from the board. yeah it yeah, is a very a funny movie too yeah no i yeah no I, that I, that the, the other one that she's talking about hall pass is just huh. i mean just when you think it, it can't get any dumber oh my god something happens and okay like, oh my god can I ask you a question? Who's been your favorite um, interview? Like, so have you had um, anybody that you really found interesting when you spoke? Oh to my them? God, we've had some fantastic interviews. We've like, had some. I remember there, there in the beginning, you had somebody from the Outsiders, I think. Right? I, I was going to say, this is interesting that you love Matt Dillon so much because obviously. Oh, that was uh, first. Well, yeah, Bodyguard was the first. Uh, but um, Danny Boy O'Connor, who was, you know, House of Pain. Right. He, uh, has a, I call it underground hip hop group or, or hardcore hip hop group, uh, La Coca Nostra with, uh, uh, some other guys. And, um, I won't go down that road, but he fell in love with, uh, the book or the movie actually. And then, um, read the book and then, um, found out that the house was, you know, kind of going to, you know, be taken down and he didn't want that to happen. And he ended up, moving his life to Tulsa. And so he's redone the outside. He bought it and he's made it into a museum. Wow. And he has preserved it. Like what it looked like. He just, he preserved it. it And for years and years, I've been watching him and following him on his group. Um, And it got to a point he would just say, guys, I need to know what, this knob is for this sink or this whatever because this is what was used but I need the replacement right, so right. he would go through and try to get everything down to the exact 
Um, I would say the only thing that's in the house that's not quite um, movie related is just the information that he'll post. Like the little, like, this is blah, blah, this is so-and-so's whatever. Um, So, but yeah, it's really, really cool. Obviously, you guys should take a trip down there together. Yes, we would love that. We would like that. But maybe this summer we'll get to do it. And he's good. We've had him on twice. And um, he's gotten very, he's, he's very close with Essie Hinton now. And, you know, she wrote that as a teenager. She wrote, it was like this weekend or last week was the Mm -hmm. 50th anniversary of her having the book published yeah. she was a teenager when she wrote that really? she was failing yeah. english <laughs> imagine that how about them apples yeah exactly yeah yeah and yeah. he was yeah he was great and he gave us like he's actually from down like by the edison area by where we oh, were wow, really? and um he's just he was very enlightening and he was just very open and he wore his heart on his sleeve yeah and um it was it was it was good how it was good to have him back about? He's 50 now. 50. Yeah. So he's from the East Coast, but moved to uh, closer to where I grew up. And then that was one of the things that was kind of interesting. It kind of came full circle with Danny was talking with him. And he said, oh, yeah, I know what happened, you know, like a a couple weeks or a week before um, Nicole was killed. I was sitting in a diner or a cafe with Mickey Rourke, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when OJ came in, very uh, agitated, looking for Nicole. And oh he God. went around and, and like shook hands with people. And back then, you know, House of Pain was a little bit more, you know, a bigger thing. And he, you know, like, hey, man, hey, man, blah, blah, blah. And he wow. could tell. And he said, I know, I, he goes, man, I know what that's like when you're, you know, you're going to go put hands on a man because that you think that there's messing with your woman. Of course they were, you know, OJ and, <laughs> and Nicole were divorced, but mm-hmm. yeah. So that happened. Oh, that kid's name is Ron Goldman, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. If I was his so, family, I'd want to murder. Right yeah. Yeah, right? absolutely. Seriously. I mean, come on. We all have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It'll be interesting. Like things, I think, truth zoe has have a way of coming to the surface like, yeah. Yeah. tell you what i think for me when we had lisa ann on she came on and she was an adult film actress i think i've told you about her yeah, yeah. Since she's gone on a couple of times and i just found her so um you said very like honest really i loved her yeah because her. you know when you meet somebody who is so true to themselves like everything she says is deliberate everything she's done is deliberate she hasn't she doesn't pretend to be something that she's not she's very open and she you know she has fun with the fact that she's honest and so the first time she came on she gave us an insight to what she's doing now it's all about what she's doing now and her lifestyle the way she's changed and the fantasy football league that she runs on serious how she's um become a minimalist which i loved Immediately, I connected with her on that one. And fantasy football, can there be fantasy football now? Not right now, but they I guess they're preparing for it. And, oh. you know, but um, and she's been doing it since 2012 oh, she's uh, or so. She's, you know, she has yeah. a show on Sirius XM. She's a, um, a fantasy uh, sports. Oh, so she's uh, been on Barstool for a while. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I met her because she was on the first time we met her. I met her. She was on Mike's show. She came in for an interview with them and she was doing running the fantasy football league. They did. I got you on Tuesdays. And then um, she had sent me a text message about something 
because I guess her and Mike were talking about it. Yeah. And she said, oh, my wife loves that. And then O'Malley had asked her to be on our show. And she came on. Yeah, and I knew on. about her in a totally different way because I had heard her on fancy sports talk radio. So right, right. I reached out to her for that reason, not even the not even the large and Annie reason. It was yeah, just yeah. kind of a really cool. Yeah. And she's and then the second time she came on, she let us go through her DMs mm-hmm. where we went through and like right away you think like, oh, Lisa Ann, former porn star, adult film actress. She's you know, she's got she is by easy. She's easily one of the like most famous people. That that, word? No. And um, like I thought her DMs were going to be like, you know, hey, where can I put my finger? How quickly? Yeah, and it's yeah, going to be stuff like that. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It was more like people are you really see the psychoness mm-hmm. is that the word is that only word mm-hmm. the psychoticness of some people well if i stalk her oh that's oh, that's being yeah. kind right like i would be really? afraid of that no yeah. matter yeah it's just scary to me any kind of celebrity you just you only need one freak you need one freak to really just well she's got uh, like 15000 and she's she's yeah. right well, she do they know where she lives like um, some do they some do? people, some people, like one guy hacked into her um, phone line. Remember that one? When she lived in California. Oh, wow. yeah. In LA, they hacked into her, fo- into her phone in her house and they called her cell phone from her house. Oh, she was home. my God. So she Why had a lot. They're in the house. She, right, I mean, the things were crazy. So she and I started talking after that. And now we talk like every, you know, a couple times a week. I think she's fantastic. I think she's fantastic. She, um, well, she really is. For somebody we to actually, be, able- we actually meet a lot of those stars that come through our place. Believe it or not, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, she yeah. was one of the. She was Alan the first Jeffrey. person. She was the first female adult actress to organize people to get tested. Well, like, I'll tell you what. I have talked to this one guy that comes through, and it's really it's a full fledged business now where they do take that to the. They will not allow someone to even come into a call until they have their papers. And then if the date of yeah. when they're interviewed is a certain amount of period between the time that they're going to have to actually perform, they have to have another time. Right, yeah, and, you can, and they can thank her for that because she's the one who got that whole industry focused on, on health. And now she's yeah. a huge, a huge- um, Advocate for it. Advocate for that and mental awareness because it's it's the biggest it's the industry with the largest amount of suicide you know and what i would have an interesting question for on um, based on that very thing um because my daughter just experienced another friend's sister who committed suicide um so it's a little down and um i always think about that like in a career like that you've got to have a ton of that i mean you've got young people coming it's the highest it's got the highest rate of any other so industry control, i mean me at 18 i looked 25 so how, I mean, I had a fake ID by 19 that said I was 24. She talks about a lot of that at, in her book. Like the really? beginning, yeah. I was curious in some, yeah. some of these questions because that's scary. That's just, these kids are just messed up and they're, they're lost. And I think honestly, you may jump into that. Like I remember when I was going to college, I was in Florida. So a lot of people went to stripping. I am just mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I have friends that went to stripping. That's how she started. She was a dancer. Yeah, because you make we'd be sitting at the pool with them. And I here I am working at GNC. Remember when I worked at GNC and I'm bragging how I got promoted to assistant manager and I got a whopping extra five hundred. And they're like, five hundred? I dropped five grand the other night. I'm like, fuck you. Five thousand right, dollars. Exactly. And she's right. like, here's the best. I can't even dance. You hold the pole. Five grand. Yeah. 
And, and you know, they don't report all that. You report maybe 15% of it at yeah. most. Right. Yeah. You back. No pun mm-hmm. intended. But I was like, you know what? Five grand for one night. Who wouldn't? I mean, but then again, you have to have the mind for it because people right away see the money and they think it's easy. And what these girls have to put up with. She ain't get, I mean, that's why she turned to fantasy football. She figured mm-hmm. the best thing I could do is learn to talk to them about something. So yep. she learned everything about football and basketball. That was very smart. Uh, she's very smart. And I, and uh, you know, her, her, I, I found her extremely interesting. And I, and I just, I love everything about her. I do. So she was, she's that's good to hear. I love the advocacy of her. That's awesome. Very much so. Especially the young kids. They need it. Children. 